as Pastor Dan said, my name is Michael, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And it is always very uh, humbling, and it's an honor to be able to share in an environment like this. So thank you so much uh, for being here this morning. As Pastor said, all of you who are joining us online, a special welcome to you. I hope you did not stay home because the Cowboys are playing. Uh, and so you just wanted to beat all of us there. Uh, but we are, we're, we're glad that you are here this morning. And to start us off, I just wanted to uh, introduce you to one of the ugliest words uh, in the English language. And they're going to put it up on the screen for me. And, and that word is just simply this, ungrateful. It, it's an ugly word, isn't it? I mean, none of us want to be this, do we? And, and isn't it true, you know when you're angry and you're on I-35, right? You know when you're nervous, you, you know when you're afraid, you're even willing to admit maybe when you're insecure, but ungrateful, that, that is so hard for us to see in the mirror. It, it's, it's easy for us to see in the people around us, but, but none of us want, want to be ungrateful. And in fact, probably if anyone's ever told you you're ungrateful, which as adults, we really don't tell one another that you're ungrateful. We tell other people that you're ungrateful, but, but we don't tell you that you're ungrateful. You, you probably haven't heard this since you were a kid where your parents said, well, you're just unthankful or, or you're just ungrateful. So, so we probably haven't heard this in a long time. But, but if you've ever heard it as an adult, automatically you get defensive. Uh, automatically you pull back or you push back and, and you retreat to all of your grateful thoughts, all, all of your grateful feelings, you're like, I, I'm extremely grateful. You, you start arguing in your mind with that person and, and start listing out all the things that you're actually grateful for. And, and by the time the conversation is over, you feel extremely grateful be, because this is so hard for us to see in the mirror. In fact, in a room this size, there's probably some of you who are thinking, I am so glad he is here. I'm so glad she's here. I wish my parents were here. I wish my husband was here. I wish my wife was here. Because so, it's so easy for us to see this in everybody else. But it's extremely hard for us to see this in ourselves. And the opposite of, of ingratitude or being ungrateful is gratitude, isn't it? And isn't it true that Gratitude generates generosity. Gratitude generates generosity. Now, if you've ever worked in a soup kitchen, if you've ever worked with a homeless ministry, if you've ever worked with some type of charity, isn't it true the people who are thankful, you wanna be more generous to them? The people who are saying, oh, thank you so much for volunteering today. Oh, thank you so much for serving us today. Oh, thank you so much for helping me out financially. Oh, thank you so much for, for helping us with the needs that we have. Isn't it true there's something inside of you you want to help that person more? Because gratitude generates generosity. But the people who feel entitled, the, the people who feel like I deserve this, the people who feel like you owe this to me, isn't it true it starts to shut your heart down? It starts to shut the relationship down. In fact, ingratitude can actually destroy relationships. When someone is there and they, they feel like, hey, I deserve this, then, then it starts to make us kind of push back or take a step back or, or feel like, you know what, I, I don't know if I really even want to help this person or this individual. In fact, some of you may be in a relationship right now 
And, and at the beginning, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of laughter and emotion and passion and excitement. But over time, that person, that individual, whether it's your kids or your spouse or someone that you work with, over time, they started acting entitled. They, they started acting like they deserve it, and they never told you thank you. And isn't it true that it kind of shut your heart down? And where they want your emotion or your passion or your time or, or the excitement, now that's kind of faded away because you've taken a step back, and, and it shut down the relationship. And, and so I thought, hey, why don't we, why don't we talk about this <laughs> today? And the Bible has a lot to say about gratitude and, and ingratitude. It has a lot to say about being thankful. And, and so I thought, let's, let's go to the New Testament, to the book of Luke. And if you're new to the Bible, if you're new to Christianity, if you're new to, to church, maybe you haven't been to church in a long time, maybe it's been a really long time since you've been here and someone convinced you to come today, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for being here. And I just want you to know, you don't have to believe like us, you don't have to believe what we believe. We, we want you to know that you're welcome here, regardless of where you're at on your faith journey. But, but the Bible's broken up into two Testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in the New Testament, there's these first four books called the Gospels, and these are the recordings of the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're gonna be in the book of Luke, and it's going to be chapter 17 and verse number 11. And if you, if you don't have it, if you don't have your Bible or you don't have the app, that's okay. You're, it, you're going to be safe. It'll be up on the screen for you this morning. But I remember hearing this story when I grew up in church. So we had this thing called Sunday school. And we had this thing that parents would trick you called VBS. They threw the word vacation in there and school together and, and talking about the Bible. And they would trick you, hey, it's going to be like a vacation, a vacation to school. Um, and so, and, and I remember all the flannel graphs and everything. And, and, we, and I, I remember this story, but this story has some great truth and principles, not just for little kids, but for us as well. And, and so Luke chapter 17 Beginning at verse number 11, and it just simply says this. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, this is Jesus, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And, and this is a very popular time during the life of Jesus. Multitudes. He, he had just fed the 5,000. People are wanting to be around Jesus anywhere and everywhere he's at. And so he's tried to pull his disciples away a little bit. And they're traveling through this, this border town, trying to avoid the paparazzi, trying to avoid the multitudes, trying to avoid the crowds and everyone who wants to be around Jesus. And so it says, as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, some translations say, Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, if you know anything about ancient Middle Eastern culture, if you know anything about ancient culture, what you know is this, that leprosy was a feared and dreaded disease. People thought that it was highly contagious by just being in the same room, by just being around the same people who had leprosy, that you could catch leprosy. Leprosy was this disease that ate away at your skin and your muscle tissue, and sometimes you would lose fingers or ears or your nose or, or parts of your body, and so it was a very dreaded and feared disease. And so these lepers lived in isolation. They lived in seclusion. They had to form these colonies or these communities where they lived together. 
And in fact, they were religiously unclean and ostracized. They were marginalized. They were the disenfranchised. They were on the outsides of society and the outside of culture. And the Bible tells us that, that many of them, if they were to go into the community, they had to ring a bell or they had to shout out loud, unclean, 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 so that everyone knew that they were coming. And many of them, they hadn't hugged their children in years. They hadn't embraced their wife or their husband in years. They had, they had been pushed outside of society and these 10 men who had leprosy, they see Jesus and no doubt they heard the stories about how this guy had opened up blinded eyes. This, this guy had caused the lame to walk. This, this guy had raised the dead. He, he had fed 5,000 and so they're like, if, if there's anyone who can help us, it's, it's Jesus. And, and so from a distance, so that they make sure that they're keeping the, the right distance between them and Jesus, from a distance they say, Jesus, have mercy on us and listen to what Jesus does when when he saw them he said go and show yourself to the priest now now this is a, a reference back to the Old Testament there's this book called Leviticus and, and the author Moses he, he's writing down these laws and and anytime that someone had leprosy in Israel they would have to go and show themselves to the priest because sometimes miraculously or just over time, people would be healed of this dreaded disease. And so to get the clear so that they could go back to their family, so they could go back to their job, so they could go back to their community, the priest would have to make sure that they were clean. And then he would say, all right, you need to go and take a bath and you need to burn those old clothes and these are the new clothes you're supposed to wear and this is the sacrifice you're supposed to make to the Lord as an offer of thanksgiving to him because he's healed you. This is what you have to do. And so Jesus... In this statement, he's making, or he's encouraging them, he's asking them to do something that he's asked you and I to do, to walk by faith. To walk by faith. Walking by faith is just simply this. You believe that God is going to keep the promises that he's made. That's walking by faith. Because the lepers, they, they have no reason to go and show anything to the priest because they still have leprosy. But Jesus is saying, go and show yourself and let's see what happens. The other thing that Jesus is doing is just simply this. I mean, if one leper shows up, I mean, that happens sometimes. Two, ten lepers show up, what's the priest going to ask? Hey, how did this happen? Oh, you know that guy named Jesus from Nazareth? Yeah, he told us to come and show ourselves to you. And when we came... All of a sudden, our leprosy was cleansed. So a lot's going on right now. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of things that are taking place. But then what, listen to what the next verse says. It says this, and as they went, they were cleansed. And this is where the story gets interesting. But one of them, not three of them, not seven of them, and if you've heard this story, this is where we remember, right? But one of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And he was, Luke tells us, a Samaritan. At this point in the story, all of a sudden, we don't know if the lepers had went five miles, if they had went one mile, if they had went 200 yards, 100 yards. But all of a sudden, they start feeling things that they haven't felt in a long time. All of a sudden, one of them stubs their toe and actually can feel it. And all of a sudden, they realize we, we are healed, we are cleansed, and they take off running. But one of them returns to thank Jesus. 
And Jesus asked him a very important question. And here it is. It's just simply this. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Jesus is saying, the circle's not closed. The circle of thankfulness, the circle of gratitude, it's not closed. It's closed for this one. But weren't all ten of them cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, when we hear this story, maybe for the very first time today, we, we get this, don't we? we? We have this emotional response. Man, those nine guys were so ungrateful. Those nine guys were so unthankful. How could they be so rude? How could they be so inconsiderate? I mean, Jesus just gave them their life back. Jesus just gave them their family back. Jesus just gave them their careers back. Jesus just gave them more than anyone ever, ever has given them. How could they not come back and respond? How could they not come back and say thank you? But isn't this true about us? When something good happens to us, so many times, what do we do? We take our toy and we run, right? Because life is all about moving forward. And now that I have this degree, now that I have this promotion, now that I have this raise, now that I'm in this relationship, now, now that I have what I want, it's all about moving forward. It's all about going forward. It's all about what's next for me. And Jesus is saying, <laughs> weren't there, weren't there 10? And, and I'm just making this part up, all right? So uh, don't get upset with me. I'm just making this part up. But, but don't you think if we would have chased down those nine guys and we would have said, hey, guys, hold on, time out, time out. Aren't you grateful? Aren't you thankful for what Jesus has done for you? I mean, he, he just gave you so much back. Aren't, aren't you grateful for that? What do you think they would have said? yes. Yes, my heart is exploding with gratitude. I'm having many thankful thoughts. I'm having many thankful feelings. I mean, next week when I go to synagogue, I'm gonna go to Rabbi Johnson, and I'm gonna tell Rabbi Johnson, look what Jesus has done for me. Look what he has done. Look, I'm healed. I'm completely, totally healed. From now on, my testimony is always gonna be about when Jesus healed me on that day. Meanwhile, Jesus is with the one. Weren't there 10 but only one has returned. Here's the principle, church, it's this. They felt it, they just didn't express it. They felt it, they just didn't express it. Can I tell you what's going on possibly in some of your relationships? You feel it, you just haven't expressed it. Because you've told your tennis partner and your workout buddy how great your husband is. You've told your boss how wonderful your wife is. You've told your teacher and your counselor students how great your parents are. You've told your mom about your dad. You've told your dad about your mom. You, you've told everybody else how great and how wonderful the people are in, are in your life, but you've never stopped and looked at the individual in the face and said, hey, I'm so grateful. I, I'm so thankful. You feel it. You just haven't expressed it. And unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. 
Unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. I really feel, it's real gratitude. I really feel it, I really believe it, I really think it, I really feel it in my heart. And if you were to box me and put me in a corner, I would tell you how grateful I am for my spouse or for my kids or for my job or for my boss or for my employees or I would tell God how grateful. But if you really ask me, then I would tell you, but unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. Unexpressed gratitude, it goes even further than that. Unexpressed gratitude communicates rejection. It communicates rejection. Let me give you an example, okay? Some of you ladies, you're, you're already preparing a meal, but if you've ever cooked for your kids, if you've ever cooked for your husband, if you've ever cooked for your family, you know this scenario, right? You, you've shopped, you got on Pinterest, you pinned all of these recipes, you got everybody's favorite food, you picked out what their favorite food was, and you found out, you went to the store, and you stood in the long lines, and you waited, and you shopped. I mean, you even skipped Oprah that week. Uh, you, you were just super hyper-focused. This is gonna be the Mac daddy meal of them all, right? You're just super focused on it. And you, you get the table set. And you get all the food prepared. And you call everyone down for dinner. And a tumbleweed blows through the dining room. And so, well, oh, maybe they just didn't hear me. So you go to the stairs. Hey, everybody, it's time to eat. Come on down. And still no one's moving. And you're upset and you're a little frustrated and you stomp up the stairs and you say, hey, everybody, it's time to come down and eat dinner. And they all come down and, and they're on their phones or they've got the mail or the newspaper and they put it down for a second and maybe someone turns on the TV and your husband sees your face and so he mutes it and, and kind of make it a concession a little bit. And, and so everyone's eating and they're eating a lot and they're eating fast because it's so good. And then maybe out of all of them, you have one who says, hey, can I be excused? Or, or maybe they just grab their phones and each one of them start getting up and, and they're going to do their homework or they're going to get on, on the television or they're going to get on their iPod or whatever it is. And you feel rejected, don't you, ladies? And they never intended for you to feel that. And if I was to jump into this scene and, and to ask your kids and your husband, hey, aren't you grateful that mom put in all this work? Hey, aren't you grateful that mom did this for us? Oh, yeah, mom, high five, you're awesome. You're so wonderful, you're so great. You're so, we're so thankful for you. You're so great, mom. But you know what she feels? Rejection. And mom is in a bad mood. And she doesn't wanna be. But you know what you communicated by not expressing gratitude? You communicated rejection. Well, you're our mom, you're supposed to do this. Well, of course, you're my wife, you're supposed to cook. Well, this is just part of your job, hon. This is just what you're supposed to do. We, just leave us alone, let us get on our phones and let us get in the front of the television and check the mail and do our homework because this is just what you're supposed to do. And she's in the kitchen, man. And she's throwing the dishes in the dishwasher just a little bit harder today. And men, we go in there and we say the dumbest thing possible. Honey, what's wrong? And you hope the knives haven't been sharpened that week. Why? Because your wife feels rejected because unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. Case in point, Jesus, weren't there 10? Weren't there 10? Men, it goes both ways, right? 
Hey, Dad, can I have $20 for this? Hey, Dad, I need a new iTunes gift card. Hey, Dad, my car needs new tires. Hey, Dad, our class is going on this trip. Hey, Dad, I need a new prawn dress. Hey, Dad, can you get this for me? Hey, Dad, 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 Dad. And and you feel like an ATM machine, right? Make it rain, make it rain, make it rain, make it rain. And it's just going out and going out and going out. And man, you, you're, you're glad that you can provide for your family because you have friends or family who, who don't have a job right now. And so you're excited and you're, you're glad and you're thankful that you can provide for your family. But it just feels like it's going out and it's going out and it's going out and it's going out. And then your wife, she sees all the pictures that were posted by her friends and they went on a vacation. So she's like, hey, we need to go on a vacation. And it just feels like more and more and, and more and more money's going out. And if I was to stop your wife, and if I was to ask her, hey, aren't you thankful for your husband? Aren't you thankful for the hours that he works? Aren't you grateful for all that he does for your family? She would say, yes, I I am so grateful. I am so thankful. I mean, what a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Yes, he is now. I mean, that's what she would say. If, if I asked your kids, hey, aren't you grateful? Aren't you glad that your dad provides for you? Aren't you thankful for the way that your dad works and the way that he provides for your family? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, dad. High five. You're the man. I, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for you, dad. But you never expressed it. And so you know what your dad feels? Rejection. And church, this goes, I mean, I, I could go on and on. This is kids to parents, parents to kids, employees to bosses. I mean, we could just go on and on. Your in-laws, everybody, I mean, all of us, we can feel this unexpressed gratitude communicates rejection. And so what, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do when it comes to this? Because let me, let me tell you about the people in your life. God created them this way. You're created this way. We are drawn to relationships and environments where we feel accepted and appreciated. God created you this way, church. We are acceptance magnets. We are drawn to relationships where we feel appreciated, thankful for, where we're told, hey, I'm so grateful for you. We're drawn to those type of environments and to those type of relationships. Men, the way this plays out for us is this. We don't compete in things we don't think we can win. Why? Because losing feels like rejection, winning feels like acceptance. Hey, come on, let's play a pickup game. No, I'm gonna sit out. Why? Because I don't feel like I can win. And winning feels like acceptance. Losing feels like rejection. Now, men, we would never say that because we're too macho and we're too stubborn. But that's what we feel. And and that's true. We all gravitate. We all are drawn towards relationships and environments where we feel accepted. But where people are are not thankful, where people are not appreciative, we feel like, you know what, I don't want to go there. I don't want to be in that relationship. I don't want to be in that environment. Because it feels like rejection. But if someone's on the other side and they're saying this, oh, you're so thoughtful. Oh, you're so great. Oh, you're so wonderful. Oh, you're so nice. Oh, you're so warm. Oh, you're so kind. We're drawn to those relationships. Oh, let me leave a little sticky note on the computer. Oh, let me leave a little sticky note on your dashboard. You're you're so great. We're drawn to those types of relationships in our lives. But where there is not thankfulness, where there's not appreciation, We're repelled by those places and those environments. Because ingratitude drives people's hearts out of the relationship. Church, ingratitude drives people's hearts out 
of the relationship. In all the years of counseling that I've done, the few years that I've done this, premarital counseling, postmarital counseling, why in the world did you get married counseling? In, in, all, of the, in all of those arenas that I've, I've, where I've sat down with people in my office, none of them have ever said, Michael, you know what my problem is? I'm just ungrateful. I'm just selfish. I, I just feel entitled. That, that's what my problem is. In all of the things that people have confessed to me, said pray for me about this, have, have revealed to me, in all of those things, I've never heard anyone say, yeah, my, my problem is I'm just ungrateful, Michael. That, that's really what my issue is. Because this is so hard for us to see in ourselves, in the mirror. It's so difficult for us to see this when we're going through it. And so, what do we do? We need to have hearts of gratitude. We need to be reminded to say thank you. I, I, I know you're my wife, but thank you. Mom, I, I know you make my lunch every single day, and, and, and I just wanna say thank you for doing that because you, you don't have to do that for me. See, gratitude, it closes the loop. Thankfulness, it closes the loop. Let me, let me illustrate this for you. One, one more thing here. Ed. Uh, my daughter, Liliana, she's getting ready uh, in the next couple of weeks. She's gonna turn nine years old. And I brought a picture of her. Uh, and she, So she's getting ready to have a birthday. And this is just a picture of us hanging out, getting ready to go to Impact Girls uh, Banquet uh, a few months ago. Excuse me, and acting a little silly or crazy. Do we have that other? Yeah, that's us. But parents, just, just go with me really quick. It, most of you have probably be, been to a, a little kid's birthday party. Grandparents, parents, you, you guys have probably experienced this before, right? So, so you go to the, the little kid's birthday party, and, and they, we've eaten the pizza, we've eaten the cupcakes, we've had seven gallons of, of soda, um, all of the candy, we, we've played the game, and now parents... It's time for us, and I have no clue why we do this to ourselves, but it's time to open gifts. It's time to open presents. Let's gather everyone around in the living room or gather everyone around in the room, and let's open the presents. All right, and so Lily, she, she has her first present, and so she comes in, and she's just, she does what every kid does. Look, look, look at this, look, and she pulls it out. Lily, what'd you get? Oh, look, it's a Fabulous Me cosmetic set with hand cream and lip balm and other girl stuff in here. And, and, and what does Lily do? Kids do this, all kids do this. They do one of two things. They either try to start ripping this open or they throw it down and they go to the next gift, right? <laughs> Those are the two options in kids' minds and heart. But what do we do, parents? What do we do? All of us do the very same thing, right? We say, hold on, Lily, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you move on to your next gift, what do you say to Ashley for getting that for you? What do you say? And Ashley's over here, and she's just waiting patiently. <laughs> and Lily has this blank stare on her face. And she says, it's my birthday? No, 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 Lily, no. Yes, it is your birthday, but that's not what we say. Lily, what do we say? What do we say, Lily? It starts with a T and ends with a thank you. What do we say, Lily? What, what do we say? What do we say to Ashley? Oh, yeah, Dad, 
thank you, thank you, Ashley, for giving me my present. Thank you so much. And she gives her a hug, and then she moves on to the next present, and we do this all over again. We do it with every single gift that we have, right? Tell them thank you. Say thank you. Why? Because parents, we all know that this is true. Unexpressed gratitude is a form of ingratitude. Unexpressed gratitude is a form of rejection. We all know this is true. Jesus knew it was true. Weren't there 10? Because gratitude, thankfulness, closes the loop. It closes the loop. It, it helps someone feel, oh, they actually appreciate what I've done for them. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for that gift. Thank you for your time. Thank you for, for cooking, Mom. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It closes the loop for us with our gratitude. I just wrote this down for myself, and they're going to put it up on the screen. For me to refuse to pay my debt of gratitude is to live with an inflated view of myself. Let that sink in for a second. For me to refuse to pay my debt of gratitude is for me to live with an inflated view of myself. Well, of course they know I'm thinking. I mean, it's a big church. I can't tell everybody thank you. Well, of course my volunteers know that I appreciate them. I mean, I can't write everyone a single note or send them an email or a phone. I mean, of course they know. I mean, it's a huge church. Well, of course Linnell does that. She's my wife. Well, of course my kids do that. They're my kids. For me to refuse to pay my debt of gratitude is for me to live with an inflated view of myself, church. Isn't it true You've never met an arrogant person who is extremely grateful. You've never met an arrogant person who's extremely grateful. And you've never met a humble person that's not extremely gracious and grateful, have you? Think about it for a minute. And, and I don't know what, who comes first. I, I'm not that smart. I don't know if arrogant people, we just perceive them to be arrogant because they don't say thank you. Or if by not saying thank you, that makes them arrogant. I don't know if humble people, they're just so gracious and kind, and so since they say thank you, we just perceive them to be gracious and kind and humble. I I'm not that smart, I don't know which comes first, but isn't it true you've never met an arrogant person that, isn't extreme, or that is extremely grateful or humble or thankful? And so for me, Michael Escamilla, to refuse to pay my debt of gratitude to people around me is for me to live with an inflated view of myself. And it's for me to say, you know what? They owe, they owe me. I I'm entitled. And we would never say that we're entitled, but we're acting like it. We, we would never say that we're unappreciative, but we're acting like we are. And so today, I just want to give you a card and the ushers are going to help me and, and they're going to be at all of the doors at the end of service and, and if you don't get one of these or if we run out we'll, we'll make sure that you have them but it just simply says this I owe who question mark I owe who question mark and, and I would love for you to put this on your dashboard I would love for you to put it on your refrigerator, in your purse, in your wallet, somewhere on your cubicle, on your computer, somewhere where you're going to see it. I owe who? 
Some of you, I, I would just ask, leave it there for a week. Some of you need to leave it there for the rest of your life, but, but just, <laughs> just leave it there for a week, okay? Let, just start there, because this is a blind spot for us, church. We, we can't see this in ourselves. It, it is so hard for us to see this in ourselves. But this is just an I owe who card, and my hope and my prayer is this, that you would start to think, who do I owe? Who, who is it that I owe a debt of gratitude to? Who, who is it that I need to be like the, the returner, the one who went back to say, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for cleansing me. Thank you for giving me my life back. Thank you for making me whole. Thank you. Now I can go back to my family. Now I can go back and, and, and pay it forward and help someone else. Jesus, now I can go. Who is it in your life? Who is your question mark? I owe who? Who do you owe a debt of gratitude to? So you're, you're gonna get one of these whenever you leave this morning. Who, who is it in your life that you owe gratitude at work, at home, at school, in your community, in your church? Who, who is it that you owe a debt of gratitude? And would you be willing to go back and to be the returner? And can I tell you something, just for a moment? If there's something inside of you that rises up that doesn't want to go back and to say thank you, you need to pay attention to that because that's just pride. That's just pride. And what I think is that's right at the epicenter. That's right at the center of what God wants to do in your life. So let me get personal really quick, and then I'm going to be done. Worship team, we're going to get out early. You might even make it to the Cowboys game kickoff, all right? So <laughs> Pastor Brent and the worship team, you guys are welcome to come back. Let, let me get personal just for one moment here. And I, I love our church. I love you guys. And I know I don't know every single person's name in here, and I'm working on that, and I'm trying to get to know you better. But, but I love our church. And I love the fact that, that we're a church who cares about one another. I mean, I would love, and you've heard me say this before, I would love for people to come into our church building, to know us in the community, and, and they may say, you know what, I don't believe all that Jesus stuff or that Bible stuff, but man, I'm sure glad Bethesda's here because they love one another and they love our community. I would love for us to be known as, as that kind of church. But church, there's some of you that are here this morning and this is a big deal for you. And so men, I just wanna challenge you. When you get in your car to leave, and I know some of you are in a hurry to get to the game, but before you crank that key, before she cranks that key, men, I want you to reach over and I want you to grab her hand and I want you to look her in the eye and take a deep breath and swallow your pride and I want you to say thank you thank you and then just fill in the blank with whatever comes to mind now men I know what you're thinking because I'm thinking the same thing well Michael I can't do it today because she's going to know I'm just doing it because you said to do it <laughs> I get it man I understand, that's the same thing I would think. I would say, hey, I've gotta wait a couple weeks or a month and then go to Linnell. Hey, I just had an original thought. 
again. Men, let, let me predict your future for you. If your wife has even the smallest amount of emotional intelligence, she will not say to you, you're just saying that because he said to say it. She will be so grateful. Ladies, some of you, your husband has served you and served you and served you. And you've never said thanks. You never heard your mom say thank you. You never heard your dad say thank you. And you would never say that you're entitled, but you're acting like it. And ladies, I just want to challenge you. When you're there in the car, reach over, grab his hand, and look him in the eye and say, thank you. And then just fill in the blank with whatever comes to mind. Because your husband has done something for you that you can say thank you. And unexpressed gratitude is a form of rejection. Kids, teenagers, young adults, college students, you live in a culture and a society that is so ridiculously entitled, it is sickening. And you didn't create this culture, you just were born into this culture. But you live in a society, students, that says, no one owes you or everyone owes you something, you don't owe anyone anything. That's the culture, that's the society that you live in. What if, what if you were the teenager that was the returner, and instead of going, ah, 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 ah. I know, a girl, girls do that, not guys, and so I know that's a girl thing, and I'm not very good at that, but students, what if, what if you were, what if you were the generation that actually returned and said thank you to your parents? And so I want to challenge you, students, young adults, teenagers. I want to challenge you to be the returner. I, I don't want you to text your parents. I don't want you to post it on social media. Oh, so love my mom and dad so much. Hashtag bless. Okay, I, I don't want you to do that. I want you to look them in the eye and I want you to say, mom, dad, thank you. Even if your parents are separated, they've done something for you and I want you to tell them, thank you. Because unexpressed gratitude is a form of ingratitude. Unexpressed gratitude is a form of rejection. And church, we can be like the one who returned, who came back and said, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. And Pastor Brent, did you, and, and uh, they did such a great job at leading us a few moments ago, singing that song. I, I just want to say thank you. And, and for, for us to even pause in this moment, and as Pastor Dan led us a few moments ago, singing that song, to be, to be thankful to God for all that he has done. When was the last time you said it in your own words? Not singing a song, but the last time that you just paused and said, God, thank you. Thank you from the rising of the sun, as pastor said, to the going down of the same. God, thank you for what you've done. Let me pray for us and then Pastor Brent and our team, they're gonna lead us in a song this morning. God, I, I know that this 
is incredibly, incredibly convicting for me. God, there's not enough time in the day to write all of the notes, to make all of the phone calls, to have all the conversations that we need to have to be thankful to the people around us. But God, I pray that you would help us. God, would you give us the courage to take the next step and to say thank you. And God, for all of those cars that are going to sit just a little bit longer in the parking lot this morning, God, would you meet them right there? Would you begin to heal marriages? Would you begin to break down walls that have been built up for so long that they don't even remember how they got there? God, would you do something in that moment where they express gratitude to one another? God, and for all the college students, Lord, all the high school students, all the teenagers, Lord, their, their dad doesn't even live in this community. God, their, their mom doesn't even live in the same state. God, would you do something as these students reach out and say thank you to their mom and their dads? God, would you do something as they reach out and show gratitude for all that their parents have done for them? And Lord, again, we just want to say thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross and to forgive us of our sins. God, thank you for sending him what we're getting ready to celebrate this Christmas season, Emmanuel, God with us. That God, you came near, not when we had it all together, not when we looked our best, not when we were quote unquote successful or when we had everything just right. God, you sent your son into our mess when we were messed up and undeserving. And we say thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness in our lives. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Brent, will you lead us? Give thanks.